0: Welcome to this 820 A.M. The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 A.M. The Word. My guest today is Rob Wachter. He's the senior pastor at Grace Road uh, Church in Black Diamond. Rob, welcome to Heart of the City.
1: Thank you, Chuck. Happy to be here.
0: Well, it is good to meet you and uh, to connect with you. And uh, this this uh, program uh, is about pastors and ministry leaders sharing their story. Mm. And uh, i like to... Um, Uh, give the key verse for my life, because uh, it really is the key verse for this program. And it's from Psalm 37, verse 3. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. And this program is about the faithfulness of God in people's lives. I always like to say that the first 40 years of my life, I focused on my faithfulness to God, and the last 40 years I'm focusing on his faithfulness to me. And so, uh, Rob, mm-hmm. as we're going to talk about your story and how God's been faithful to you in your life, you're from, originally from Enumclaw. That's correct. <laughs> Grew up in Enumclaw. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful area out there.
1: It is. It's gorgeous. It
0: is gorgeous. So you went to school out there? Family's still out there?
1: I did. I went to school at uh, Enumclaw High School, EHS, and uh, I have some family out there as well and uh, some other family kind of nearby, but uh, great town, small town life, you know, grew uh-huh. up bucking hay in the summers, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, the Lord has moved us back there recently, about four years ago. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what was life like for you? What was your uh, spiritual formation like? Were you a church kid? Were you, was your family involved uh, with uh, church life? Uh, what was it like?
1: Well, we were a priester family. Um, a Catholic priester family. So we were a Christmas and Easter only family, the classic CEO family, you know. Right. Um, but my story uh, starts out um, in, in that when I was born, I, I was uh, put in a foster home almost immediately after my birth. Hmm. And I uh, was kind of separated from my siblings and my biological family. And it's somewhat of a a tragic story of how that all unfolded, but I was adopted uh, about the age of three, three and a half by the Wachter family. And uh, when I was adopted, I I moved out to this big house out in the country with uh, all these siblings. And I was the youngest and the only adopted one in the family, but it was a family of nine. And I was one of seven siblings and the youngest. So my my story... uh, has been interesting because God has shown his faithfulness to me in, in that, you know, scripture says that he's a father to the fatherless. Uh-huh. And uh, that's my story for sure.
0: Yeah. So do you have recollections of life uh, before three and a half years old? I mean, <laughs> You know,
1: it- it's inter- there's one day I can remember pretty vividly. In fact, it's only about probably half of that day, and it's the day they took me from my foster home. And and actually drove me out to be placed in this family and some for some reason I can remember so many details of that day. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything before. I don't remember much, you know, after that day in that time frame. But that day, boy, I remember when they picked me up, the the woman who put me in the car, the type of car, the long roads out into the country, we stopped at a park and swung and I got to play. I remember driving down the long driveway of this kind of farm country house and there were eight people lined up in two rows of four. That was my new family. And there were puppies running around, German shepherds. And I, I just remember that day. And there's more to that day I remember pretty vividly. Wow. Yeah, culminating with kind of funny, at the very end, in the evening, I refused to speak to anybody in the family. I was brand new, you know, right. three years old. And um, my, my mom, my new mom, had put a bowl of ice cream in front of me on the table, and I didn't eat it. Which is weird, because I love, I love ice cream, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, it wasn't until midnight when the, there was a cuckoo clock there, and it went off at midnight. Cuckoo, and the first word is I turned to my mom, and I said, cuckoo.
0: Yeah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> wow. So those were vivid memories. I mean, oh, that yeah. was like etched... Mm-hmm. etched forever. In Isn't your, that in your interesting? Mind. It is.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I don't necessarily remember anything that was an, like a negative. I know. I was, I assume I was very f- afraid of what right. was happening and right. uncertain. But uh, my memories are more of just kind of things that happened.
0: Yeah. So so you were never not aware that you were adopted. I mean, obviously, since you had that recollection, you didn't you recognized from from early on that you were an adopted Son
1: Well, I had to because i was brown I had brown hair <laughs> and I was a little darker complected, and all my siblings you know were blonde right and so I was pretty obvious, but yeah, yeah absolutely, I always knew that I was a dog, which I think is the healthiest right. approach is to know uh-huh. um, so there was no big surprises later in life, which was a, a good thing for me
0: yeah yeah so uh so life growing up uh, with with that many kids uh, uh, i 'm sure uh you had some some really great fights with your brothers and sisters, right? <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Great fights, good times growing up out in yeah. the country. You know, we were kind of the, the little Partridge family. My brothers and I started a, a music group, and for years I got into music and played band, in a band with them and with other groups and stuff. And uh, that would eventually lead me to, you know, getting into worship and church.
0: Right, right. So, so during that time, you're a, a Christmas and Easter family, and uh, and so uh, what begins to to burn in your heart as yeah. far as uh, a life of faith?
1: I can tell you that uh, my story is obviously in my, my heart is just so powerful because I can remember vividly there was a day I was probably 11 or 12 years old, and I didn't know about God in the context of the Bible or Jesus. Um, again, we were... We were the CEO family, right? right? So we didn't talk about God a whole. There was a reverence for the Bible and a reverence for God in a general sense, but I didn't know anything. I didn't go to a youth group. I wasn't didn't go to Sunday school. Nothing like that. There was a day uh, I was um, kind of wrapping up the day. I was going to bed in my bedroom, and I can remember really clearly uh, just starting to thank God, and I I was just thanking him from the bottom of my heart. For putting me in this family, and mm. for giving me a home and people who would love me, and uh, and uh, I, I don't I don't really know what led up to this. I was just super genuine in my gratefulness to God, and mm. as I was thanking Him in my bedroom this one night, I I, I felt the tangible presence of God in my bedroom, and uh, there was He was there and He was with me, and um, I don't know how to describe it um, other than. The Holy Spirit was right there in the room with me, and to the point where it actually kind of alarmed me. Mm. You know, I'd never sensed the presence of God before, and I'd never seen it modeled. And I'd never been to a church where I felt that or experienced that. But it it happened in my bedroom. And did it, you know it was the presence of God, or was it just this? Oh, I knew it was God. Oh, absolutely, I knew it was God. I it just I didn't expect it. I I, I wasn't planning for it. It was just very organic, and um, like I said, it almost spooked me a little. Mm I I sort of stepped back a little and said, "Oh wow, (laughs) what was that?" Yeah. But there was no no denying that it was the Holy Spirit. I I tend to think that in that moment, I I I was saved. Interesting. Yeah, but I didn't know it. (laughs) So I would spend the next, you know, I don't know, eight years or so, not knowing. What that really meant, um, until I was a senior in high school, and I was 17 years ago I guess it wasn't 10 years, maybe about six or seven years uh-huh. and uh, I just went to a Bible study at a friend's, a friend's house, and uh, same thing. We were just we just grabbed hands and we were all praying, and I didn't know what, what this Bible study would be like, you know all right. and uh, I felt the presence of God again in that moment. Hmm. And uh, it was right then that I understood who Jesus was. I understood that um, that I was one of His, and that He had His hand on me, and there would be no looking back. And it was good timing, because I was heading off to the UW <laughs> to go to college, and uh-huh. so He just really solidified who I was and my salvation right in that moment. But I, I, I tend to believe that I was saved in my bedroom when I was a boy, but I didn't even know it.
0: Interesting. Well, it is amazing how the Lord... Uh, can work in in a heart that is open and a, a heart of gratefulness. I've got a, a, a scripture underlined in Psalm seventy-eight in my Bible that I've had underlined for years. It talks about the Lord, what He does with ungratefulness, and then uh, obviously what He does with a grateful heart. Hmm. And I think even non-believers who are grateful have a, a more significant spiritual awareness. Mm. When there is that spirit of thankfulness, because the spirit of thankfulness really has to do with humility doesn 't it mm. in other words i don 't really deserve this, but mm. here I am, and it 's something something i 'm being blessed by mm. for you it was just God had given you a great family
1: you know it 's interesting um, because many years later, and this was after i 'd been in ministry for a long time, I tend to ask God interesting questions sometimes. I sort of just probe him for questions. He doesn't always answer me. But one time I was driving in my car, and I, 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 I don't know why I asked him this, but I just asked, Lord, what have you done for me that I never knew was you? Mm. And I couldn't even finish asking the question when he whispered in my, in my soul. He just said, I put you in the Walker family. Mm. It was really interesting. I'd never thought that God had orchestrated all of that mm. and put me in that family. And, you know, it wasn't even in that family that I was led to Christ. It was, it was in that home, mm-hmm. but uh, very fascinating, that, you know, and that's, that's really that, that understanding that he's a father to the fatherless. He was looking after me when yeah. no one else could.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you end up going to U-Dub. Yes, sir. All right. So you're a Husky. What uh, years that?
1: Well, uh, let's see, 92 to 95. Oh, well, I did uh, the next, five-year path. Yeah, yeah. Or, ni- 92 to 97.
0: There you go. And so national championship football during that time, right? Yes. Uh, Yes. When I was a
1: freshman there, that's when we were number one, baby. We were good (laughs) at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to UW. I got an English degree, which uh, was the only thing I could do at the time. I tried other things, and (laughs) my communication skills carried me through. I don't know how I made it through. But then years later, I would go and get a second bachelor's degree from Northwest University Mm -hmm. um, in ministry.
0: Interesting. So... During that time, what was your what was your spiritual walk like? Did you did you get involved in campus ministry at mm-hmm. UW? Uh, did you yes, get so, serious about your relationship?
1: Yes, so there was um I you know after that experience when I was seventeen years old when I'd really um, understood Jesus and and my walk with him, um, I I started going to church for the first time, um, in in college. And I went to the church of the man who had held that Bible study. He started a church. And so I was there in the very first day of that church service. There was just a handful of people in a small classroom in, over in Bellevue. And I would, I would stay in that church and be groomed in ministry over the next 15 years. Mm. And, uh, but also during that time, I did. the Lord um, blessed me to start ministering on campus at the University of Washington. So I'd go out to Red Square. And we would bring, you know, a couple cameras and hire a videographer to document it, and we would just allow students to ask questions and try our best to answer their questions with humility and love and grace. And uh, so we put out all these videos, and for many years I was very focused on that ministry um, until the Lord called me to pastor a church.
0: And how did he do that?
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Uh well, after I'd, I'd left the church that I was groomed up in for so many years, which, by the way, I had so many opportunities in that church. That's where you know I first started leading worship and got involved in youth ministry and started teaching the Bible and had an opportunity to preach for the first time and learned uh, how to be in ministry mm-hmm. and learned about being under authority and learned about you know, how to do all the, all the things that ministry entails. Um, I'd left that church and found myself kind of helping other churches for a while. So we helped plant a church out in Enumclaw called Grace Point Northwest. Mm-hmm. It's doing very well. Beautiful church out in Enumclaw. Um, we, we'd been part of a couple other churches and just kind of helping out. But we never really found our home. And it uh, turns out that that it's because God had a plan for us to, to plant a church. So um, we planted a church in Black Diamond just a couple years ago. Um, but uh, it was a journey, a long journey of about almost 20 years of being trained up and groomed in ministry and finally finding our place. So was
0: there on. a specific moment in time where you felt called? Mm-hmm. We use that word a lot, that, that the Lord called <laughs> you to pastor it, or was it just a progression for you?
1: Yes, there was a moment um, when when we were sort of helping other churches and we weren't finding our church home. hmm um there was a reason for that. It's because we weren't we weren't meant to have a church home in any other church other than the one that we were supposed to pastor. Mm-hmm. And so there was this season of sort of, you know, searching and praying and seeking the Lord of, you know, where are we supposed to be? Where are we supposed to serve? And it would be through that process that God would sort of, you know, give us the faith and give us the direction to understand that he was calling us to start a church in the Black Diamond community. Um, And, uh, you know, there was a series of confirmation, I guess, uh, is the best way to describe it, where our faith grew and grew and grew and our clarity and our sense of direction became crystal clear. Mm -hmm. I I can't say that it was one moment. It was definitely a process of probably, you know, a year or so Mm -hmm. of uh, thinking, and then, of course, planning, and the more you sort of go in that direction, the more he confirms and solidifies your faith, but uh, um, all culminated in a great deal of direction and faith and clarity of what we were supposed to do.
0: Yeah. Well, you've used a word a couple times that I want to check out, and that's the word we, because somewhere in this story, uh, uh I became a we. What, what, what happened uh, there where you suddenly became a we?
1: Well, you must be talking about my wife, Annie. There you go. My beautiful wife, Annie. Love her to death. There um, you go. Yeah, my wife, Annie, uh, that's the we, my, myself and her. There you go. And uh, she, it's, thank you for saying that because we would not have a church or we would not be pastoring this church if it wasn't for her. Uh-huh. Um, her she's truly called to the fivefold ministry. She's truly uh, set aside by God. Um, so gifted, so anointed, such an incredible strength. It's amazing what God does in her and through her. But uh, this process was with both of us, um, and uh, which is the way it has to be. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be in ministry if you're not both on the same page. Ministry is hard enough. Um, so I'm very grateful and blessed to have not just a wife, but to have a pastor leader hmm. with me. Yeah, And that's truly who she is.
0: Well, you're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development, and my guest today is Pastor Rob Walkter, and he's with Grace Road Church. So January 1st, 2017, Grace Road Church became a reality for you. Tell me about that process and where you're at right now.
1: Yeah, good question. So actually, before January 1st, 2017, we'd been prepping and planning for quite some time. And we developed a small team, and we were sort of already meeting and kind of consider it pre-launch. We were doing some pre-launch meeting. And um, there was a gentleman who was pastoring a church in that same building who'd been there for about eight years, and uh, they were looking to transition and move to the Midwest. And their church was very, very small. The community you know, is still a small community out in Black Diamond. But uh, we decided that we would do a restart. And so we, we named the church Grace Road Church, and um, on January 1st, 2017, there was about 20 people mm-hmm. in that service. Yeah. And uh, this last Easter, it's been a few months now, um, we had about 150. So we've been, we've been excited to see God adding to our community, and we've been growing, and uh, it's super amazing to, <laughs> to be part of a church plant um, and to be a part of a restart like that and mm-hmm. to see God just... Just shake up the community and just bless.
0: So, it's, the name of the church is not the uh, First Church of Black Diamond. Nope. It's Grace Road Church for a reason. Grace Why? Road Church. Why?
1: Because we're a grace centered church, we're a grace focused church. And, uh, you know, our, 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 we have kind of what we consider a discipleship model, if you will, which is based on the new covenant, it's based on the grace of God. And it's beloved, belong, and be you. And uh, we just believe strongly that, that the, the life we're called to live is a life where Christ lives his life in us and through us. So the toiling is over. The striving is over. We can rest spiritually in the finished work of Christ, mm-hmm. know that we are fully accepted and loved and we belong to him. And I, I think that people have a difficult time receiving God's love, even after they become believers. They have a difficult time believing that they're loved. And so because of that, we, we tend just in our, our flesh and kind of, you know, what we're accustomed to, we, trend, we tend to try to do really, uh, work really hard to love God. And, and what God has done in my life, he's shown me that that's, that's not the right focus. That might sound counterintuitive to conventional wisdom, but Jesus said a new commandment I give you, which is to love one another as I have loved you. So what we say is, hey, let's make sure we understand how much God loves us. And let's st- stop there. Let's camp there for a while and be just marinate and become sponges to his love. Because John, in his elderly years, in 1 John, said we love because he first loved us. We have to be loved first before we can love.
0: You know, it's and and that's really a reality that— it- is is ongoing <laughs> uh i've i've spoken with other pastors just recently that uh, on this program that uh those of us that grew up in a church oftentimes it was such a a uh a works based mm. uh reality and uh, almost a shame based reality uh that that we operated out of for so many years that uh even as Christians, mature believers, sometimes we still struggle with that uh, understanding the love of God. Just yesterday at church, pastor, mature mature man of God, he's uh, uh, Pastor Jim, he was talking about sometimes for him the worst moment of the week is Sunday afternoon driving home from church. And many people don't understand that as a pastor, you'd think, hey, he's riding high. It's his worst moment because he's thinking about all the things that he should have said, could have sh- said, all those things. And, and he was sharing yesterday how he's had to lay that down at the foot of the cross. So mm-hmm. It's not about him. It's about the Lord and mm-hmm. what the Lord's doing in the lives of his congregation. Mm-hmm. And so we all struggle with that, don't we? Yeah, we're, we? You know, even as mature believers, we're still thinking I should have done this or I could have done that or, you know, I'm not sure if uh, I'm I'm fully uh, focused on on the love of Christ.
1: Right. Well, the heartbeat scripture um, for our church is in Ephesians, where Paul says that his prayer for the church is that they would comprehend Mm. the height and width and length and depth of God's love. His prayer for the church wasn't that they would do more or that they would even change their behavior, although that's a natural byproduct of spiritual growth is change behavior, but it's that they would comprehend God's love because that is where the power of Christ is unleashed in our lives.
0: Amen. Well, you've got an exciting message and a church that's growing, and uh, if someone wants to uh, learn more about Grace Road Church at Black Diamond, uh, what do they do?
1: Go to org, and you can go on there and read about us, watch some messages. You can listen to you know, one of our series online if you'd like to. Uh, all the information you need to just kind of get a a flair for who we are, yeah. thegraceroad.org.
0: Thegraceroad.org. You're at uh, 25610 Lawson Street in Black Diamond, and church services are Sunday at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Actually, 10 a.m. 10 a.m.? 10 a.m. Okay, 10 a.m. For the
1: summer, we switch back to one. We'll probably go back to two very soon, so stay tuned on that.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, if you want to get a hold of uh, Pastor Rob, uh, he's, uh, his picture's there at the website. It's rob at, and that's with one B, R-O-B, at thegraceroad.org. Uh, Pastor Rob, we've got about uh, one minute left. I'd love for you to kind of wrap this up today. And just uh, out of your experience and out of your story, what do you want the takeaway to be for those that are listening today?
1: I would love the takeaway to be, if you are somebody who has burned out, if you're somebody who has um, just, you're, you're wondering where's that flame and where's that, that fire in you, the striving is over. You don't have to work to, to be loved by God. You can receive God's love. He did all the work on the cross, and the work is finished. And because of that, you have new life in Christ forevermore.
0: Pastor Rob With uh, Grace Road Church in Black Diamond, I want to thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. You can uh, listen to this broadcast again on the podcast. Just go to thewordseattle.com and tune into Heart of the City, and you'll be able to download the podcast. God bless you. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to this 820 AM, The Word special, Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, The Word, call Chuck Olmstead 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com.